The Space Case Sarah Show with space nerds Kobe and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah? Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio. Hello, space enthusiasts, and welcome to another episode of The Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds Kavi and Benjamin with all of us drinking different beverages on our respective side of the world. Uh, Benjamin has a, uh, a, a star-themed beer this evening, which is fantastic. And uh, I'm sure Kavi is drinking coffee, but, you know. Star coffee. Star coffee. It's so early. It's made of star stuff, like yes, us all. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm and we have returned from a, uh, a long weekend... And I know that it is not something that is celebrated in Australia, but I hope that, um, Benjamin, you had a good Thanksgiving weekend with your friends and family and that you weren't outcasted by talking about space too much. You know, were you sent to the kids' table? Uh, I voluntarily went to the kids' table because (laughs) the conversation is much more engaging. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, you're just like... Uranus, and then they're all like, "Yeah!" <laughs> Actually, a member of the kids' table is now uh, astrophysics student at UC Berkeley. Wow! So I like Ooh. talking to him. His well, name then is Adams and Bridger, and he's a genius. Well, yeah, man, boy, have the kids' tables changed over the years? Kids these days. My kids' table when I was little. Definitely about Uranus jokes. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's, it's still about Uranus jokes, but there's also some answers. True. <laughs> we, and we're going to probe it even more. Uh, so, yeah. yes, uh, obviously, Kavi, you did not have a long weekend like we did, but I hope you had a good weekend and enjoyed in probably, obviously, you can have still somewhat of an appreciation of the holiday spirit through your American friends on the other side of the world. Um, but yeah, we are, what number, what element is sulfur? We're on what episode? 16, what I think. We're on 16. And we are, this is the sulfur episode. And um, Uranus, sulfur, insert all the jokes already. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk this week about well, it started with like bad smells in space, but then I was like, well, it just kind of makes me think of like just odd things that happen in space. So we're going to do like an episode on just weird stuff in space. And uh, yeah, but why don't you drop some sulfur knowledge on me? Kavi, we'll start with you. Some fun fact science Ooh. about sulfur. Oh, I don't know where to start. I mean, sulfur was surprisingly interesting. I think one of my favorite facts is that sulfur is actually used um, in a process of vulcanization of rubber. You probably like, you know, maybe not noticed, but like uh, watering hoses and rubber tires. It, it's always called like vulcanized rubber or vulcanized something. And that basically means yeah. that they heat it up and they heat it up with sulfur or some like sulfate compound. And what's interesting is that sulfur is actually mined when it is mined from volcanoes and from volcanic regions and it just so happened that they named it that so i think that's a really cool bit of fun fact for you that is so cool that is so cool and benjamino what uh what have you brought to the table you are our on this day kind of guy did you have any uh on this day prepared for this week 
this episode, this is a self episode, should be airing on December 3rd. So happy December 3rd astronaut birthday to Stephen Swanson, who flew on two shuttle flights and one Soyuz flight all to the ISS for a total of 195 days in space. Damn. And happy scientist birthday to Cleveland Abbey, an American meteorologist and astronomer, America's first professional meteorologist, the guy who created the National Weather Service, and he made some of the very first uh, evaluations and studies of the Magellanic Clouds. Oh, that's so, so happy cool. Happy birthday to those dudes. Happy yeah, birthday. happy birthday. I love uh, also, speaking of like history, um, kind of the history of weather and weather science because it was such a like kind of a pseudoscience when it started because people were like, who can predict the weather, you know? And then people are going up in these hot air balloons and being like, no, I think we can, we can gather some information and actually start to maybe understand and predict what's going to happen. And like, think about that in the 1800s, like we're going to predict what the weather's going to do. And people are like, yes. And I'm also going to throw some chicken bones on the ground and it's going to tell me how many children I have. So, right. You know, like, <laughs> it's, <That works. laughs> um, I, I, that was probably, you know, I, we're probably talking more like Viking and, you know, <laughs> a little older than that, but did work back then. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, speaking of gathering information in hot air balloons, I think that like one fact that will never leave my mind is that like early aerial reconnaissance actually used cameras on pigeons. Like that was actually a thing that they had, you know, the, like the earliest aerial reconnaissance really? had, yeah, they had. They tried cameras on hot air balloons and they tried cameras on pigeons. And like, I remember learning about this and like finding a few examples of the photos and naturally like most of the photos that these birds took so like of themselves accidentally, just like wings <laughs> and feathers everywhere. <laughs> like, we can't see the target. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a real much. thing. That is amazing. I'm going to have to look up pigeon, <laughs> pigeon <laughs> reconnaissance you pictures. Look up a picture now. of a World War One pigeon camera. You're gonna crack up. Okay, I'm gonna do it now. World War One pigeon camera. Okay, hold on. World War One pigeon. Well, <laughs> well, you guys, please, please, please Google World War One pigeon camera. Oh my god! You're gonna love this. Everybody at home, watch this. It's exactly what you expect, right? Yep. Yep. It's not. It doesn't look real, people. It's real. It's the birds are part of the bourgeoisie. Like, look at that. That is so funny. Oh my God. That is the most of me. Wow. Like, stop the show here. That was the best thing. Oh my God. I'm happy to help. Well, weird, weird things. We started off on a very strong foot here. That is, um, that is something. Speaking of selfies, I, I it did make me think of Benjamin and I um, watched the new documentary on Opportunity that dropped on mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, which is available on Prime. And I cried a lot, but that's like also I cry over butterflies, so it's not unexpected. But <clears throat> they um, reference a part in the documentary where towards the end of her mission or not her mission, her life, because her mission ended, you know, technically really early. They were like, we let's take a picture of her. And it had been like 15 years since anybody mm-hmm. had seen the, the, the robot. And they were like, let's take a picture. And, and true to like NASA scientists, the, the whole, like this, the scientific people were like, what, what, 
What's the right? purpose of that? <laughs> like, this is always what NASA does. They're like, why? <laughs> and so <laughs> before recording, we were talking about this documentary and I said I was crying and uh, Kavi was like, well, I haven't seen it yet. So do I need to get an onion and cut it? So that way I can uh, make sure that I have tears as we reminisce about it as well. Um, but it was, <laughs> oh, don't eat it raw. I love you know? that uh the the um the the funny like stories that thread through nasa of you know basically people who are more philosophical and and kind of understand the human elements of these machines and they want to do these things and then the, the, the clash with the scientists that are like oh, what's the scientific purpose to that um comes up so often in in nasa history and that was i didn't know that they did that with opportunity and um and it was, you know, a very sweet moment of that documentary. But if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It is great. Uh, my kids were even very enthralled with it. And usually, like, they get kind of bored halfway through doc documentaries. So, um, yeah. So I don't know if that's a yeah. if that's a, a stamp of approval or not. I suppose, but <laughs> I'll have um, to I'll have to try it. The last documentary I watched, I got bored like halfway through. I think it was called um, Beyond the Curve, and it was just ooh. yeah, not doing it for me. Yeah. No, this one's very good. It's very well done. There's very distinct sort of like chapters, if you will, to it. Uh, stinky stuff in space. I, you know, I have to admit, I did not do a lot of research on um, odd things in space. I love that we started with these, like it's still up on my screen. It's people, please go Google World War One pigeons cameras and like, you will not be disappointed. Um, nope. I, I, so we were talking about like weird smells in space, but I was like, you know, I don't know why I keep thinking about this, but um, something that's kind of weird about space. And I'll start with my like one and only fact that I'm going to probably share. And then you guys have like tons of things already prepped uh, is that, you know, when you're out in space and say you pull off your sock or something like that, your skin cells just go poof everywhere because there's nowhere, there's no gravity. So there's nowhere for it to go. So you have like, skin and hair that just accumulates all around the station and they have to do a vacuum every week through the ISS to clean up like their skin cells. It's I so just, weird. The calluses in the bottom of your feet are there because you're adding pressure to it when you walk. But when you're floating in space, there's no need for that anymore. And your feet kind of heal. The calluses come off. But the weird thing is uh, you start getting calluses on the tops of your feet. Yeah, there's all these little loops around the station where you anchor your feet to hold you in place, and that rubs the top of your foot. So after a good long time in space, the top of your feet kind of starts to look a little bit like the bottom, and the bottom of your feet look like well, really large baby uh, because they're just <laughs> so soft and happy. Yeah, you just blew my mind. You kind of just blew my mind a little bit because I just realized that when astronauts on the ISS vacuum, they're not just vacuuming the floor, they're like vacuuming every side. Like Everything, yeah. Oh yeah, God. it's like a clean house day where they, and, and like think about that, like I don't know why it kind of grosses me out, but it's just like, that's like, you know, like your your body. And, and this happens on Earth, obviously. We shed our skin, yeah. we shed our hair. It's just but we it don't settles to the ground. Yeah, like we don't <laughs> notice it like you do out there. And so they're just, you know, it's just like 
Imagine, too, that first cleanup after maybe there was a crew and there's someone you didn't really like that much and they left. And then you're doing the cleanup and you're like, yeah, vacuum up Bill's presence. Gross Bill. <laughs> Might get to that dust sink. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's one of the one of the charms, I guess, of also living in those close quarters. And you just have to learn these facts about, like, you know, like. Oh, being being human is weird. It's gross. It's it's a gross thing. But uh, so sulfur is there? Sulfur smells in space. Can you guys uh, articulate on that? Is there the smell of sulfur anywhere in space, or is that a unique Earth smell? Yes. Okay, uh, well, yes. In, in space you can't really smell anything, but there are things in space that well. You you can travel through space to get to places that have that smell like sulfur. sulfur. Understood, just because uh, volcanism and stuff. Yeah. One of the nearest uh, is uh, Jupiter's moon Io. Io. By the way, Io. The whole moon is com- completely covered in sulfur. It's completely uh, constantly erupting with volcanoes all over. Uh, it's See? being squished and stretched stretched by Jupiter's gravity. All the time, so and it's a so party moon. In theory, if uh, you can get down there and take your mask off and get a good whiff, it's going to stink horribly, like rotten eggs and and stinky feet. Pleasant. It's going to be the worst smelling place you could possibly go to, if uh, like said, unless you evolved to live on that planet and you're like, hey, <laughs> this smells. <laughs> I'm just like. I'm just picturing the TripAdvisor page for IO, which is like ah. one review written by Benjamin's like, it stinks of break. That reminds me, have you seen the uh the that like TripAdvisor reviews of uh national parks? It's Those they're great. so funny. Um yeah, like it'll be like the Grand Canyon, it was just a really big hole. You know, things like that. Like people will be like, <laughs> or, or like, like it was really hot and there were a lot of rocks on the trail. You know, if it's like Arches National Park or something like that. It's just so funny. Um, I think I've seen complaints about like too many mosquitoes in, in uh, like Montana, you know, kind of areas <laughs> and stuff like that. So we would, we should write like a bad solar system review, like, <laughs> and write all, all the planets. Uh, that would that actually would be, be an really awesome fun. calendar. <laughs> Let's do that. You. Everybody, please. Absolutely. Actually, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Earth would probably get the most unique and interesting complaints. Like beautiful place, people oh, there are I terrible. So, <laughs> right? so many complaints. So many complaints. Well, um, if you, uh, you know, I feel like I just gave some awesome meme ideas and, and uh, countdown ideas, Benjamin countdown ideas. Uh, so make sure you follow these fantastic gentlemen on their social media platforms. Oh, yes, you, sir. Uh, Kavi, who goes under the handle of fun fact science, drops the science wisdom in meme form often and, uh, and does so with very efficient speed. And then we have Benjamin of fun facts. Nope, not fun fact. Science actually are actually science. It depends on, on which handle you're or where you're at and which handle it goes under, but you'll get the gist. And uh, he was just saying before we started recording that he needed a countdown idea for the month of December. And we might've just given him 
the uh, bad solar system reviews. <laughs> or you should do like a poll or something like that. I don't know. It's going to be really cool. Uh, so go follow him. Please, please, everybody. Yeah, that would be awesome. <clears throat> and I am Space Case Sarah. Sarah follow yes. Kavi, but follow me. <laughs> Yes, follow us all because we like attention. <laughs> Speaking of attention, I actually finally had a like my my one random stupid video on TikTok is almost to a million views. Woo! I know what? So, apparently, if you just take a like pong level graphic and share it on TikTok, they're like, "Oh! <gasps> yay!" Meanwhile, like two two videos prior, it's like me snorkeling with whale sharks and I'm like, I don't get it. So, but the, hey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Go find whales or circles. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like lines and dots, but it's fine. I'll take my wins. Um, take so it. yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> follow us on social media. And of course, follow iRock Space Radio. Uh, we now have some episodes up on our website of prior recordings of this show. And we will hopefully be getting more of those up as time goes on. So please make sure you head over there and check out the website, check out some old episodes with really cool guests that we had on. And uh, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, it is the weird, smelly, odd, stinky things in space sulfur episode. So you are listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. Welcome back to the Space Case Era Show with the Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin here on iRock Space Radio. We're talking about weird, odd, smelly things in space because why not? It's the sulfur case, not sulfur case, the sulfur episode. And uh, so we talked about sulfur that some, some, you know, basically IO, AO, IO could smell very sulfuric. Um, and then we talked about weird. Okay. Also the fact that we were discussing the feet on this episode is just also kind of like, you know, like we're talking about pulling off your socks on the ISS and you see the skin cells go poof everywhere. And bleh, bleh. that's gross. It's weird. Uh, it's gross. I, I don't know why there's certain things that just like, no, Oh, you know, I haven't even thought about this. Like there's a lot of things about space. And living in space and like bodily fluids. Like what if you had a cold and you're sneezing and you're blowing your nose a lot and stuff. And you like, that'd be kind of weird. Like, you know how your nose is running and dripping, but yeah. there's no gravity. So I think I just watch it. It's just, it's just, I mean, it's had to happen at some point. I know they vomit <laughs> in space too. So there's, you know, all that. Like, All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, so you guys have you have some lists of uh, weird things in space, right? I have a few. Do you want to uh, start us off, Benjamin? What's something weird in space that the world needs to know? What is something that might keep someone up at night tonight with an existential crisis? <laughs> the boots He's building up. void. <gasps> oh what? yes, I love, I love the boots void. The boots void is this massive kind of bubble in the known universe where there's really not a lot of stuff in there. Um, there's very, very, very few galaxies. I know a galaxy is an enormous thing in itself, but this uh, void is about 330 million light years across 
it makes up about uh, a quarter of a percent of the entire known universe this massive bubble of almost pure nothing and it's referred to as a uh, super void it's this massive big empty nothing so what it's it's called the great nothing which is the great nothing so there's no also uh like um dark mass or you know what i mean like is there anything i don't know anything about the dark matter content of that area but i do know uh that uh where a similar uh size chunk of the known universe would be packed full of galaxies and clusters and in uh, uh, groups of galaxies and everything, there isn't any of that in this huh. massive amount of bubble. And do we have? Do they have any theories why? Like why? Why? Why is there? Was there? Did, was there like a black hole there and it sucked everything up? Or I really doubt there's a black hole big enough to <laughs> suck in so something that huge. But um, one theory that I read. And I'm sure Kavi has way more better educated insight. He's more better uh, educated. Ma- yeah. Read, better. He, better. He, he read up them books. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's in, he's in, got the mostest education. Yeah. Right. Uh, when, the, when the Big Bang happened and the universe expanded, it didn't expand mm-hmm. uniformly. It kind of just bubbled and burped all over in every different, different direction at once. And this is just one of the little... Uh, there, there's many voids in our universe, little pockets of not a lot of dense groupings of the galaxies or stars, but some have to be bigger and some have to be smaller. And this just happens to be the biggest one. The or big one void. The biggest ones. It's so it's kind of like when I tell my kids to clean up an area and it's like the reverse of that where like some of it gets clean, but then there's this big, massive amount of stuff that didn't get clean. And I'm like, with this spot right, right here, like what? What what happened here, uh, Kavi? Do you have any do you have any uh, theories as to why there is a giant void in our universe of nothingness? It all has to do with sulfur. Sulfur, boom! <laughs> Perfect. Does it really? Yeah. All the stars <laughs> want to get away from the smelly feet. Um, ah. no, it's... <laughs> There's no tacos in there, and everyone in there wanted tacos, so they left. Yeah. Oh. There you no, go. I tacos. Mm, <laughs> okay. Tacos. Um, so yeah, so so it's basically there are a few different theories. Um, I mean, one thing that you can go off is like Benjamin was saying, there are areas in space that are you know more dense and less dense, and that just kind of happens when you have this um, kind of random-ish process of different regions of space expanding in the early universe. Um, one cool way that uh, scientists think that uh, this uh, massive super void was created was by the merger of smaller voids and smaller voids um, we're actually in a smaller void um, so when you have a supernova that explodes a star at the end of its life it pushes material outwards and our solar system is actually in the middle of this kind of like not super void but kind of like a void of a couple of supernovas that exploded um, within a few hundred years of each other, and they kind of created this very, very sparse region that our solar system exists in. Um, and that... there is a... Yes? 
No, 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 no. Go ahead. I, I'm just saying. I've always heard our our where we are is referred to as maybe we're in a quiet part of the of the solar system or a quiet part of the universe, and I never actually understood what that meant. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's uh this local bubble that we're in, uh, basically formed by uh, a couple of supernovae that went off. I want to say like on the order of 15 million years ago. I can't remember exactly. I should because I I, I did. Uh, research for this uh, Veritasium video on supernovae that mentioned this uh, that came out a couple of weeks ago. So check out that video if you want more information <laughs> that I clearly can't remember right now. <laughs> That's okay. I have a memory of a goldfish as well. Um, <laughs> but, but no, that, that yeah. yeah, that, yeah, that totally makes sense that um, that's how, you know, it's just sort of simply summed up as like, why haven't we found life yet? Well, we're, we're kind of a quiet part of the universe and I've never understood exactly what they meant by that. But now I'm like, oh, okay. That, that, yeah, that kind of puts a little bit more context to it. By the way, really quick, completely not related to space side, side note here. Um, Kavi has a, a standing desk, which he has just raised to the standing position for the first time that we've ever recorded before. And he has a boomerang mounted on his wall. And if that is not the most Australian thing that's ever been Australia in Australia, I don't know what is, but like, way to fit your weight way to <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like that is the most australian thing that's ever happened on this show um another weird thing in in space let's get one more in here before we have to hit another break a quick one that we could do is yeah. cold fusion welding cold oh, I fusion I, I yes cold fusion is the, also one of those things thing. Right. Like, I think that's um, like a weird concept for people in general, because when we think of fusion, we think of heat and it melts together. So go. Yes. So basically, um, <laughs> it was kind of discovered by accident when uh, doors and metallic latches didn't open properly in space. But the general that concept is, is that. <laughs> always the best way things are discovered. Like, thank you, oh, antibiotics. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you have... Um, two uh, materials let's say like you have like two bars of steel in uh, on earth if you like put them together there'd be like a bunch of impurities and air and like random molecules in between them and so there's like you know steel bar one steel bar two and clearly something separating when you if you were to put those two steel bars next to one another in space it's a vacuum there's almost nothing in between them and so they would actually fuse together just because of that uh, and that is cold fusion yeah. welding. Cold, you know, and that makes me think of, I'm sorry to bring up the documentary again last night of Opportunity, but they were talking about, you know, the testing of the parachutes and the, um, and the airbags, yes, for landing. And it's the same thing for Perseverance or anything we send to land on Mars. There's no really good way to test these things because we can't simulate it so imagine the engineering that has to go into the the thought the added thought of like watch out for that cold fusion thing that can happen <laughs> when you're when you're like designing something it's like an added like twist of like watch out for that um oh and i have taken <laughs> physics i have taken physics and i remember in physics <clears throat> they would always take out of he would always be like you know, figure this out, this equation out, something like this. But, um, you know, we'll just say that, um, yeah, friction is not a factor. And I, and like the, the problems were so hard without friction being a factor. I was like, I don't know. 
I don't know how, how did we get to space? Seriously, how did we get to space when, you know, we have to, we did some orbital mechanics stuff and it was like, you know, assuming that, you know, air isn't providing any, any drag, any friction, uh, blah, 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 blah. And it was still like, I, it just, also no, imagine being an engineer and you're like, and by the way, this, there's this cold fusion nonsense that you got to watch out for too. There are always these like small effects that, that you kind of, you, you, you solve like a, a zeroth order, like the simplest version of a problem. And then you have to remember to add in all of the other components, like you're saying, like friction. Um, on the topic of space, I mean, my favorite like fact that's related to this is the fact that I think, I think the first person to ever do a spacewalk was also the first person to ever get stuck outside of their spacecraft. Um, who was, I think uh, his name was Alexei uh, Leonov. He was a Soviet cosmonaut. And I think what happened was there was this factor of expansion that they didn't take into account that basically meant that he wasn't able to open up the latch to get back into the spacecraft after because it, the materials had expanded. Oh my God. <laughs> How this yeah. if, if any If I have two objects of the same material and they touch in space, they're cold fuse, or do I have to apply some force? They just simply have to touch? Well, there would always be some force between them uh, because right. of gravity, right? Their masses would always right. be. I don't know what the amount of force is. Jesus Christ, this is way too much physics. Like, Well, if anyone listening has a rocket company, can you send me up so I can try this? <laughs> Benjamin's out there live streaming. He's like, I'm going to put this Lego put this up together. to this I'm Lego and bloop, see what happens. Uh, <laughs> Legos have been in space for decades, and that's actually <clears throat> true. It's, you know, I, I also, I guess here's my last sort of like, not a weird thing in space, but, you know, I, I love the the things that we try out in space because of zero gravity. And then we just, we just want to see what it, what it, what it's like, like um, all the instruments that have been taken up to the ISS where it's just, to me, it's just funny because that is totally as a musician, what my mind would go to as well is like, what would this sound like up in space? Um, you know, cause sound has to, we have air, so it's traveling on, on a medium in the ISS, but it's still, to me, there would be this element of like, how would it sound? Would it sound different? Would it sound a little bit? I don't know. I know it doesn't, but there's still, and I'm not alone because there have been so many instruments that sent into space. I think I heard the largest was like bagpipes or something like that. Like that was one of the most <laughs> complex, big thing instrument wise that got sent to the ISS. No, I, no I, Scottish I, astronauts allowed since then. <clears throat> I could be mistaken, but because um, I know there's been a flute and obviously guitar I think a saxophone. There's been a lot of instruments in space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's just, that's me. That's exactly what I would do too. I would be like, what, what, what should we play in space? What music should we play in space? I like music and uh, it's convenient that we're on a radio station that plays music. So we're going to take a break and uh, ha, look at that segue. Um, we are the Space K Sarah show. We're talking about weird things in space, smelly things in space. I think that there were some other smelly facts about space that we'll get to in the next segment um, that, uh, yeah, we're, we're here broadcasting on IROC Space Radio, which 
you can listen to in real time if you're doing so right now, but you can also probably catch this episode that will be put up on our website on iRockspaceRadio.com. So make sure that you check that out. And like I said, when we get back, we'll talk about other weird, smelly things in space. So this is the Space Case Air Show here on iRock Space Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the Space Case Sarah Show. This is the sulfur episode where we're talking about weird, smelly, odd things in space. Um, I actually forgot, and I, I feel really bad because I told people that I met in the Philippines. I was like, I will give you guys a shout out on my show, and I totally forgot to do it. So to the Atlantis Dive Resort staff and amazing people, thank you for an incredible trip in the Philippines. I actually just recently checked my traffic on my website and I had a ton of hits from the Philippines, so I feel really bad now. Um, I am so sorry I didn't remember to give you a shout out earlier, but I had an amazing dive trip there and um, they actually all were very excited and knowledgeable about space. Um, I got a lot of questions about Mars and like going to Mars and... They were talking about Artemis, and I was like, wow, you guys are like, you really know your stuff. So uh, space is definitely something of interest to, part I mean, the staff there. So thank you. Oh, and they named a cocktail after me. They named it Cosmic Sarah, and they made it the cocktail of the day, and I took pictures. Ooh. So thank you What's to in them. That? Yes. Oh, I don't know. It was delicious, though, and it was purple. It was, <laughs> it was great. Uh, there was a, like rum and, and, uh, pineapple juice and, and a bunch of stuff. And, and then he put a flower on the top. Was so. it shaken or stirred? <clears throat> I believe it was stirred. I don't think that they knew that reference either, but. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> probably not. I don't think that they probably know that many James Bond, Sean Connery. Oh, I mean the people over the Philippines. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't, well, I, I, I mean, sure. assuming they were listening. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what a cocktail named after me. I know it was it Four was it was very nice. It was very sweet of them. And they were just like, Whoa, this is so cool. Well, you know, and people it's like you guys know now. So there's a bit of a curtain. It's a bit of the Wizard of Oz, if you will, here when you're making your own radio show where it is very cool and we're like, it's fun and it's awesome, but there is also like, we're very, we're very human. We're very real. Um, we're all sitting in our respective like recording spaces in our own homes. Um, and so I am human. <laughs> right. It's sometimes it's funny to me when people are like, Whoa. And I'm like, Oh, but like, like I'm like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm pretty normal. It's like, don't worry about like thinking that you're like, talking to someone famous i'm definitely not um i mean i do have a million views on my tiktok so those tiktok that i didn't really even make but yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right stinky stuff in space stinky stuff in space i know you guys have some suggestions of uh other smelly things smelly oddities in space which is interesting mm -hmm. because you know obviously sound needs a medium to travel across but not you know smell <laughs> doesn't right so it something stinks in space you're gonna smell it whether mm -hmm. there is water or air or not uh, according to many astronauts who have done an eva uh gone outside their spacecraft and then come back inside uh, they all claim that space smells like burnt steak 
Now, they don't smell it themselves firsthand by sticking their head out and smelling its face. What they're smelling is when they come back inside and they close the airlock and and they're back in a pressurized environment and then they start taking off their suits. Their suits smell like they've been next to a barbecue. Like that smell you get when you go near a campfire or a barbecue. Their suits kind of have a smell of it. Uh, It's a weird burnt steak, metal welding combination kind of fumes. And that's because of some of the hydrocarbons floating around in space. Um, Not many, very few, but just enough can cling to your spacesuit. And when you take off your suit, you can smell your suit. It gives just a a hint, a scent of uh, like a a barbecue gone awry. Barbecue, barbecue gone wrong. Well, I mean, isn't that essentially our universe a little bit anyway? <laughs> barbecue gone wrong. <laughs> we have the for our universe, great. Yeah, no, I've heard that as well. I've heard also it's sort of like like burnt toast or like burnt, like burnt is sort of the theme to that, and then the metallic sort of thing. And I have to admit, I'm. I know this sounds really weird, but I had to. I had to. I have, you know, some small asteroids, you know, meteorites, I mean, from, you know, my kids and kits and whatever. I've definitely tasted those. I've put them in my mouth. Like, you have to. You have to put a rock from space. It's like like taking a bite of gold, you know? Like, you have to just... And it is. It's very metallic. Um, <laughs> Benjamin, you give me these looks sometimes when we're yeah, recording I'm where I'm like, man, that. is he <laughs> judging me? <laughs> like, yeah, sure. First thing I would do with the meteorite is stick it in my mouth. Then I yeah, no, I, like, it's definitely yeah, one of my it in my mouth. One of my first just, thoughts. I have I, I have a Mars one, but it's in a like a glass case, so that one has never been tasted. Um, but you've tasted the glass case. Tastes like glass. Yeah. Well, we've all licked our glass now at this point because of Kavi's, you know, licking the glass phone invention. Okay, I get the blame for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, I've heard that astronauts, that's that's a, a very familiar smell scent theme i wonder if the burning thing is because well no i mean like there's the burning thing that they all claim which i was going to like half jokingly say is because they're exposed to the sun more directly and so it's like Mm -hmm. literal burning but i think most of the hydrocarbons that benjamin was talking about i think they're called a poly polycyclic polycyclic uh, aromatic hydrocarbons or Pars, uh, I was going to say Gazuntite. <laughs> <laughs> the Pars um, are actually produced in, those compounds are produced in supernovas, uh, in the exploding stars. So ah. I guess they're just kind of like these wafting hydrocarbons left over from exploding stars, uh, which are also the same things that create us, right? Like all mm-hmm. of the blood, the iron in our blood comes from exploding stars so well and to like connect this all together into my extremely consumed by this life um you know my my joides resolution expedition we're going to the lost city hydrothermal field and it is spontaneously producing hydrocarbons in that area um so that's why they think that it is a very uh they think that it's a very prime area for possibly how life originated on Ooh. earth so nice. um and it's yeah you know and it's also sort of related to it's not volcanism but yeah it's it's all 
I think that's the thing that's always like, I, I remind people all the time, but even I have to sometimes remind myself that earth and its chemicals and its systems and stuff, we're a part of this universe. Like the, the, the hydrocarbons you're describing that are coming from the exploded stars in space are the same things that we can have here on earth. And, you know, like, it's just, sometimes we feel so disconnected from space. I'm actually looking out my window right now, watching clouds go by and watching the sunset. And it's like, you know, we, I, we say the sun sets, but it's, it's not the sun isn't setting and rising. It's our planet turning just like all the other planets. Um, I have like no facts that are that odd to share with people, but one that I think that I love to surprise people with, well, too, is that all the outer planets have rings and that Uranus, our stinky friend, is actually spinning on its side rather than, um, what am I trying to say? Not vertical, perpendicular. I don't know, <clears throat> but it's spinning on, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm waving my arm like spinning on its side as if people who are listening can understand that, um, but it's spinning sideways as opposed yeah. to the way that Earth orbits, it's like going you know, like this. It's it's going instead of going around and around and around, it's going to Did you get, did you get yes. that people in Radio Land? <laughs> that, it's going like the, this, <laughs> not like this. The axis of rotation of most of the planets is parallel to uh, their rotation around the sun, whereas the axis of rotation of Uranus is perpendicular. It is at a exactly. right angle to the plane of yes. the solar system. But it From is our something point that of view, is... it looks like a bullseye. Yes. It's something that's, though, fun to, to drop on kids because you'll, you'll ask them, like, how many Please other planets have rings? Please do not drop planets on kids. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, do it. Do it. Uh, and they're like, Saturn. Saturn has rings. And you're like, nope. A lot of them have rings. Like, it's it's fun though. It's fun. It's fun to, especially with kids, because you know they just they don't know and and um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> and actually that's why my 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 video on TikTok went viral and stuff like that because it's again weird things in space. Our brains are just like things go in circles and orbity orbities and you know like spinny spinny. Um, that's not how orbital mechanics work. And, um, it didn't go over nearly as, as well as my one that just, that's still, I don't understand, but I shared one then from NASA that showed how Lucy got out to the, the, um, the asteroid belts by Jupiter. And when you see it on a three dimensional plane and how many like gravity assists and basically it went in the wrong direction to gravity assist off of that and then come back to earth and gravity assist off of that. It like, it does not, you're like, okay, that makes zero sense, but the math <laughs> does. So, uh, so that's my contribution to weird things in space, like space. It just, it doesn't, things don't, ah, oh, man, even when you see a model of how our solar system is like barreling through, the universe, you're like, okay, well, that looks really freaking weird, you know, because we're so used I mean, to things, things yeah. that make sense to us are things that, you know, we have an intuition for, and we develop intuitions by exposure and repetition, right? So, like, all of these things that scientists are discovering about how the world works on, like, these massive scales like space or on these tiny scales like quantum mechanics and particle physics, they're, they're not at a scale that we have either personally live through and develop an intuition for or like evolutionarily our species just like has no intuition for it because just mm -hmm. not on our level and so it's right yeah it's a bit yeah wild. it's just it's just so much bigger than we can than we can mentally i mean that's why we like i was saying at the very beginning i'm watching the sun set 
the sun doesn't set, <laughs> you know, but we still, we say that because it just, it still makes sense. You see the sun come up, you see the sun come down. It just makes sense. All right, let's get another, another weird space fact. Who's got another weird space fact? I, <laughs> I could do one. Okay. I could do one. Yeah. Um, okay, do it. So, so there's this idea that, uh, you know, in however many uh, billions of years, the Andromeda galaxy, our nearest galactic neighbor, is going to collide with the Milky Way, right? Yes. And exactly, exactly. And so Benjamin's doing this kind of like exploding hand motion, like gesturing to, to like see how like these two objects. He's like fist bumping himself and yeah, and yeah. blowing it up. Yeah. And hitting his microphone, uh, as is the rule. And so, <laughs> oh, and, and so like we always we always think about you know two things when they when they hit each other they're going to like hit and they'll have this collision and they'll be flung back but that's not actually what happens when galaxies collide because galaxies are actually so massive that the space between the stars the things in the galaxies are so massive that there is a tiny 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 probability of any two objects actually coming close enough to each other to physically interact mm -hmm. and so basically when two galaxies collide they kind of pass through each other and then get pulled back by the gravity. So what you'll end up seeing is a merger between the, the galaxies where they're like, if, if you're living on Earth at that time, which would be weird because by that point, the sun would have expanded and heated up the Earth and blah, blah, blah. But like, if today, right now, <laughs> the Andromeda galaxy merged... We'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> we, we, we would like... Like astronomers would be super confused if like suddenly it's like, oh, this star wasn't there and why is that moving this way? But, you know, life would be exactly the same. Nothing would change. And eventually yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the cores, the supermassive black holes that are at the centers of the galaxies will, will eventually kind of like spiral around and get pulled in and merge. But yeah, everything right. would be fine. <laughs> well, that's like, um, you know, there's an asteroid belt after Mars and to get out to the outer planets, they don't worry about that. I mean, there's a marginal risk, but like it's it's so so insignificant that they don't even they don't even plan for like, hey, what if we accidentally hit something on our way to Jupiter? Nah, nope, the odds are so low. But you know what? I want to blame like science fiction though, because science fiction has you say asteroid belt, and you think of the Millennium Falcon flying through an That's asteroid belt and you know, and everything and the and the rocks are going against each other and um and I think Kavi is frozen, or I'm getting frozen. And he looks frozen to me. Oh, but just because that's his favorite. Oh my gosh! It finally happened to somebody else. So Kavi is is frozen right now. And oh, he's gone. Oh, and he's gone. It's <clears throat> fourteen and a half minutes anyway. That's enough. Bye, yeah, Kavi. <laughs> you definitely lost the race coming back this time. This is what happens in uh again behind the curtain, right? Like I I think it's so funny if you have a radio station to back you, which don't get me wrong, it is really cool to have a radio station back us, but like there's still a part of me that's like there's a lot of work that goes in on our end that we're, you know, doing behind the scenes. And so it kind of, it, to me, it keeps me grounded and it makes us think like, you know, I'm, I'm not like, woo, you know, thinking that we have some sort of high and mighty position. But when you hand someone a business card and they, you know, I think one of the pivotal things is when you have a website for yourself. 
That like yep. that elevates you. Then suddenly people are like, "Oh my god!" I need to clean that up. I need to clean up my websites. Oh, I don't know if I've ever been to your website. Let me check it out. Computer Fun crash. Fun science. Might Fun. need to finish the episode without me. Aww. Oh no. Oh, right. okay. Well, we Take lost Kavi. And that is okay, but this has been a great episode. Ooh, look at your website. I like it. Uh, we lost Kavi just now, so we're going to finish this episode without him because he is having trouble getting back into the recording studio. So for his benefit, the the ever so wise and knowledgeable Kavi can be found on Fun Fact Science. All the handles under that. Um, oh, he has returned. We were just giving you your outro. Uh, fun fact science. It's okay. Um, we're on all the time wasters, as he would say. And Benjamin can be found on science. Actually, actually science on all the time wasters. I'm space case Sarah on all the time wasters. I also am, uh, probably going to start talking more and more about this boat expedition in future episodes only because um, it's really, really consuming my life and I think it's really awesome. And so I want to, uh, I don't know, kind of combine my my resources here a little bit to help me promote it because, um, yeah, I'm putting a lot of effort into it. So uh, I'm, I'm managing an entire museum exhibit right now, which is literally dominating my life i i like if you have a wedding planner or an event planner pay them okay so <laughs> anyway you are listening to the space case era show thank you for tuning in to the sulfur episode and we will catch you again next week here on irock space radio You've been listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, a production of iRock Space Radio. Go to iRockSpaceRadio.com for more.